Welcome to Beyond the Field, a property and finance series powered by Money Empire. The content you're about to hear is designed to educate and inspire you to tick off your property and finance goals. And when we say Beyond the Field, we mean your field, whatever that may be. Our guest speakers today are Kyle and Ronell Boonen. Kyle and Ronell have been clients of Money Empire for some time now, and they zoom in with Kane and Goran to share their property experience. All right, welcome to Beyond the Field podcast. We've got Kyle and Ronell Boonen here with us. Welcome, guys. How are you? Hi, good. Good, thank you. How are you going? Fantastic. Cool, cool. Thanks for being with us tonight. I'm going to get Kane to hit you with some quick fire questions. Oh, okay. Just quickly, guys. Favourite holiday destination? Noosa. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. Noosa? <laughs> yeah. If you had an unlimited budget, what sort of car would you drive? Uh, ooh, that's mm-hmm. One of the first Godzilla Skylines for me. Nice, nice. Early one there. You're going to say a Toyota Prius. I've got one, mate. Is it actually a hybrid? It is. It is so economical. I can't believe it. Fantastic. <laughs> um, out of both of you, who uh, would say they're the best cook? Um, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Careful, Kyle. If you lived anywhere in the world for a year, pre-COVID, where would it be? I think for me, it's that COVID's highlighted uh, how lucky we are here and what we have here. So probably just different parts of New Zealand, I think, would be a good place to start. Safe. Fantastic. And lastly, we asked all the couples without fighting, who makes the decisions? Ronell. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Back to you, Gara. Fantastic. Now, just tell us, for all the listeners out there, um, tell us a little bit about yourselves. You know, who you are, where you're from, how long you've been together. Uh, yeah, I'm Ronell. I'm 34 years old. Uh, I grew up in Tipoki in the Bay of Pliny. So you've done all my schooling there. And what about you, Kyle? Where are you from, Matt? Are you from Gizzy? Yeah, yeah. Um, not, not born here, but lived most of my life here. So I'm coming up 32. Uh, you grew up here, moved around and done a bit of studying and stuff. And now I'm a Fisher Officer with the Ministry for Prime Ministries. And that's kind that's of taken me cool. here. Cool. Auckland, Whangarei, Chathams, and now here. Awesome. It's quite an interesting role, what you do. Yeah, yeah, no, it's got its challenges and a few classic one-liners out there, but it's um, no, it's a good role. Yeah. So, Carl, is your role exactly what we see on TV with the fisheries, trying to catch people out? Uh, some of it is, yeah. But, yeah, some of it's not uh, put on for the camera. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, bit of variety is good. Fantastic. And you guys have a couple of kids? Yeah, we've got Lockie, he's four, and Bodie, he's eight months. And how's that? Oh, sorry, what was that? How's he going, the newborn? Oh, yeah, Bodie, he's going really good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> real good. Cool. How long have you guys lived in um, Gisborne? Uh, it'll be a year next month that we've been back here, so, yeah. And what do you guys do in yeah, I haven't been for a few years. I was one of the keener people earlier in the piece, but <laughs> I think I've outgrown that already. I think the but first time I went there, it wrecked me when I got home. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's not just a, a week long event for me anymore. It's a, a month right off. So, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, we've been together about ten years. So we, yeah, only excited to call Gizzy home after moving around the countryside as Goran's well, well aware. And um, obviously, touching on that, how did you come across Goran and uh, chose to work with him? Oh, that was when we were in, in the Channel Islands. Um, I I just thought about you know who's out there doing what what we want to do, and um, straight away I thought Essendon Projects. <laughs> you know they're renovating houses, um, you know full time for a living, and like that would that would be the ultimate dream. So I, I got on got online and read their blog, and um, your name popped up, Money Empire. I was like, okay, I'm going to contact them. <laughs> if they help, you know, if they um, help them out, surely they can help us out too. Fantastic. So that's how I, yeah, you know, I just sent an automated email out. I didn't know it was actually going to you, but yeah, yeah, Goran replied. I remember that. I think you sent me the lead saying, "Can you please contact these guys? They're in the Chathams, and um, they may be um, obviously looking to." See what we can help them with. When did you guys actually buy your first property? It was the Stout Street one, wasn't it? Oh, um, like our first property, like our first home. Yeah. No, we we um, bought our first home in uh, Morrinsville in the Waikato. Oh wow! Like, we'd only been together what about three years then? Yeah, two or three years. And was that your family home? Like, was that your first family home? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was very much um, grab what we could out of Kiwi Sober, and uh, I was still studying at the time, so I wasn't entitled to the um, home start grant or whatever it was at the time. And we put we managed to scrape together a a, a little deposit, and at the time the LVRs were a lot less than they currently are. Mm. Um, yeah, so we managed to get on the market, and that was we purchased an old cottage, Valerie yeah, Cottage for two hundred and forty k. Wow. And we're there for a good year and a half or something. And I'd finished my studying by that point and was doing a job I didn't enjoy all that much. Straight yep. out of uni was a was a huge uh, student loan. Yep. And um, then the job job opportunity came up to do the specialty stuff in Auckland. So we we packed up and sold it and for the the big smoke. Where we did not buy, we rented for <laughs> <laughs> a while because our deposit didn't uh, didn't meet the mark then, but it covered our bond. So that was, that was amazing. Awesome, fantastic! And um, did you use? Can you remember if you used uh, a broker or an advisor, or did you deal straight with the bank? Oh, uh, that was straight with the bank. That one, like back then, I don't even think we really knew about about mortgage brokers, like. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're very junior. We, uh, I think we walked, we sold the property. The I think it was about two eighty, so like sort of forty k minus real estate expenses and, and everything else. So I think we made like twenty grand or something like that, and we were pretty chuffed. We're like, wow, yeah. look at the property. This is amazing. And, you know, this, looking back now, I can have a bit of a laugh, but at that time, it sort of made us think, what is, what is this all about? So we sort of started learning whilst we were in, in Auckland. I think it sort of sparked the interest going to various seminars and hearing people that have done it and what they do and who they talk to and stuff. And then 
yeah, in Auckland for a while and realised, I mean, I was fortunate enough to get another opportunity to move to Whangarei. Yeah. Um, and we moved there from a, for a lifestyle point of view. Um, and we bought three properties whilst we were up there. Um, and then around the joint, we can sort of delve into those a bit more if you'd like to, but um, a lot of lessons learned during that. Oh, that's awesome. So how many properties in total have you owned, like, in your whole Seven. sort of... Yeah. Seven. And yeah, and now, now two and a half. <laughs> Almost, <laughs> hopefully. What, uh, at any stage, did you make any losses on any of them? We, we didn't make a loss, but we broke even twice. Right. Well, it probably was a loss. I'm just making myself feel better by saying that. Yeah. And was that yeah. was that early on in the piece? Yeah. So I think so. From Morrinsville, yeah, we went to Auckland, rented for we were there for the best part of a year, and then the opportunity came up to Whangarei, and we went up one weekend and had had every property under the sun on our our notepad, saying this is the one we're going to check out, and it was the the property we ended up buying was the one that looked the least attractive on trade me adverts and things like terrible photos and clutter everywhere, just in an amazing location. And we just thought, well, <laughs> we don't know anything about Whangarei. But um, it just turns out it was a really good location, so we decided to move on that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it was a great little place, and that's where we had our first son, Lachlan. Um, we fell into the, the consumer trap. Bigger is better. Yep. Get a lifestyle block. You know, the kid needs space to run around. He couldn't crawl, but um, <laughs> we thought <laughs> that's what we wanted. Uh, yeah, get a couple of pets. We ended up with goats. There was another mummy. Uh, so we, we sold uh, that particular property and we made quite a quite a good prop, uh, profit on that one. Uh, we made, oh, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was about 80 odd K after expenses. And we still um, met the criteria because we were living there long enough that it was, you know, uh, within that realm. And bought a big lifestyle, well, biggish bit of land just out in the country and had everything that you think you want, the, the Kiwi dream. Turned out to be a, went from a, a lifestyle block to a life sentence block. I kind of just constantly maintenance and never actually enjoying what it had to offer and we were just so financially strung at that point um, especially dropping down to one income that we thought it's not really worth it we don't enjoy it that much for how much we can't do anything else kind of thing it's just mortgage go to work mortgage go to work and we got sick of that so we had to cut our losses well break out break even and um, we moved into a little we bought a little uh, townhouse in town on a shared driveway cross lease section and the middle one so the annoying one with cars and driveways and the likes but it was it was a nice little place and then shortly after that the opportunity came up to the chathams on a um two months of comment oh two sorry two years of comment with work and that that package included um accommodations covered by my employer and obviously a few other uh, bonuses financially there for the, the isolation side of things. So we we up, picked up again and decided at that point we knew we were going to return to Gizzy because we thought we just want to be closer to family. We had no family or help up 
up north really and uh, yeah so we just made that decision to get rid of that property then and just sit and wait and see what happens and that's pretty much when you come and play ground whilst we're over in the Chathams sitting with this extra money and thinking what do we do yeah that's right yeah. I remember that it was um, not easy trying to tell you that you're going to have to go to a branch one that the Chathams did not have in order oh, yeah. to <laughs> I think there was a couple of months uh, delay there between us actually getting documents signed and actually happening. Yeah, I remember I felt bad making you get on a plane to get all that stuff done and dusted, which was a bit unfortunate, really. But, you know, you live and you learn, right? Um, what um, sort of um, things did you learn about the whole process earlier on? Was it quite stressful in terms of lawyers, um, solicitors, building reports, stuff like that to get done when you bought your first one? Like, uh, like back in Morrinsville? Yeah. Uh, oh, this seems like so long ago. We found a really good lawyer and we still use him to the... Oh, solicitor, sorry. And we still use him to this day. Yeah. It's really... But I think, yeah, but definitely since I'm um, using the, the broker service you guys provides made taken a whole lot of uh, even thinking about it probably uh, yeah. out of it. So it's definitely much easier for us. So when you guys have been looking into, obviously, investing in property, have you guys been looking at opportunities in terms of how you can add value um, and obviously, you know, uh, on-sell it for capital gains and that you guys built your own sort of spreadsheets and all your costings and all that kind of stuff? Now now you're sort of seven, seven properties deep? Yeah, we, we um, well, we've got a, a good accountant who specialises in, in property as well, so we've kind of had a, a number of meetings with them and, and I guess use some of their sort of um, yield projection type spreadsheets that they have so we can make sure the numbers work because that's the most important part for us. Um, if the numbers don't work, it's not worth worth doing. But Because we are still living on one income, but we've just turned a leaf and kind of cut. We've realised after that Chatham's experience what we really, what's important to us and it's not having the best of everything. I can have a Toyota Press and I'll get my Godzilla later. And, <laughs> awesome. um, yeah, yeah, awesome. And um, so we, I guess we sort of come to terms with what we need to live within our means to allow us allow us to buy more things and, and invest in, you know, properties and stuff to try and build on that. We, we see a lot of young people in a hurry to get to their dream home in their 30s when it comes in their late 50s, you know, and what you guys are saying yeah. there is you can't do that straight away. You have to build those stepping stones to get there, what you guys are doing. Um, out of interest, yeah. something when you, when you are looking at a house now to invest in and maybe make some money off by on selling it, is there something you're specifically looking for in the home? Um, is it like a footprint to add an extra bedroom, an extra bathroom, or is it just to, I suppose, keep the floor area and do up the bathroom and kitchens? Is there something you specifically look for? Um, location is a, is a big thing for us. We make sure it's in a good location. Yep. Yeah, and definitely, um, yeah, what was this? I, I think a lot of things that people, <clears throat> just because we, what we would call fun is going to open homes and things in the weekend. At the moment, so um, from what I've kind of heard, people instantly write properties off because trees are overgrown or 
there's like all the, the people that are living there at the moment that, that might have a lot of belongings and people are like, oh, no, it's just too much stuff happening. And they're not really thinking about that stuff actually doesn't come with the house. So just those little those little things and then obviously um, something to add value to is generally yeah. we quite like actually getting stuck in and having a go ourselves. It's funny, it's funny you mention that because um, landscaping is, is a big thing which people don't look at generally. It's like, well, if you know, cut down this hedge or repaint this fence or whatever, you can actually make it look a lot better than when it's presented as is. Yeah, and first impressions are what a lot of people uh, exactly. <clears throat> go off eh? So, agree. Yeah, um, I mean, of all the properties, we're probably, we haven't spent like huge, huge amounts of money on. I mean, that, the money we have spent has come from our, um, like, salary or whatever, generally. We haven't put it onto a mortgage. We've done it that way, yeah. which up until this time now, which we're in a much better position. That's the um, so it is a lot of that sort of just get stuck in and do the do the hard work yeah. and the stuff that, you know, people generally write it off, then turn around and look at it again and go, wow, it's incredible. So, yeah. and it's not much, really, it's actually not that much different. So from what I'm hearing, you're kind of saying your first three or four properties are a learning curve and you will make mistakes. Um, yeah. You know, you learn from your mistakes, right? And as you get to the back end of doing it, you know the tricks, you know what to look for, you know how to negotiate. You've um, engaged with your accountants, your solicitors, advisors like um, Goran. So you've got sort of a full ammo arsenal to actually go into with your eyes wide open rather than sort of blinkers on like every young person does when they first go into it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we've kind of come to terms with the idea of a lot of people do shoot for that whatever that end destination is but once they reach whatever that is they're never satisfied so you've got to really assess what it is it's actually important rather than shooting for this never-ending yeah. target because a lot of people meet you know they get that big flash home on the waterfront yeah. but they're paying it until they're whatever so um yeah, I, I think, think you know, it's different but it depends what you're into as well and I think what's important for listeners, because we get this all the time, is that you don't have to be earning millions of dollars a year to do what you're doing. You know, you've just said you've been doing this on one income for a period of time and it is achievable and it's the way you structure it and what you're looking at. Um, so that that's really important for, I suppose, listeners that to get ahead in what you're doing, you actually don't need to be earning a lot of money. You have to be smart with what you're doing, right? Yep, and that's where Renelle comes on. With, she set us up with... Um Weekly budget, so we go and well, we can what we do. We kind of go out and get yeah, get right. cash each week and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we have like a cash budget where we yeah go go and withdraw the money. Like when the salary comes in, we go and withdraw a certain amount, and yeah. you know that's once that money's gone, well, you know that's it. <laughs> that's probably the problem with technology and plastic these days is you keep swiping but not actually fully reaping, I suppose, all the thing of the precautions of what's actually happening there. So um, yep. as they always say around, if you're wanting to really um, form a tight budget, do what you're doing with your money, and when it's gone, that you're allowing it for what's gone. Yeah, after the lockdown, we had a lot of trouble. Like People weren't accepting cash. I'm like, oh, Chris is making everything up. Coming to swipe the card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of um, you know your your journey so far, what would you say was has been the biggest challenge 
with you guys or, or the biggest success? What did you find the um, hardest? What, what, what did you find most rewarding? Uh, well, the biggest challenge would be uh, when we, you know, when the kids came along and we did drop down to one income. Like when we brought that Morrinsville house, you know, it was just me and Kyle, so you know, we could, yeah, like buy all the Reno bits, you know, without having to worry because we we're both working. Um, but then it was as soon as we got to Fine A, and yeah, uh, we had our first son, and I, you know, we're on Kyle's wage. It was like, oh, you know, we struggled to buy paint. Like buying a a pail of paint one week was a struggle. <laughs> like, yeah, so that was really hard. And if you were able to tell your younger selves what you would do over again differently from the start, what would one thing be? I think it's probably what we've actually done. It's taken a little while to work that out, but it's tap out of the, um, the consumer world pressures of what's, what you are told that you want or need. Keeping up with the Joneses, you don't need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so true. <laughs> Live within your means. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably a problem from social media, I think. Absolutely. It's, it's everywhere. You, you can't look on social media these days without getting told this is the latest, greatest, or you need that, or blah, blah, just bought that, or whatever it might be. Yeah, agree. Yeah, you, naturally, you compare to that as to how you're tracking versus what you're seeing on a on a platform like social media. I'm going to ask but, yeah, um, on behalf of you guys as well. Obviously, one of the biggest challenges he faced was getting to a branch from Chatham's, but... Um, what were some of the other things that um, you thought or helped mitigate along the way for um, Kyle and Ramel? I think when we first chatted in the sort of the first couple of weeks and what we discussed was really big and key for you guys in terms of like structure when we obviously, um, when I had all the information and I knew straight away what to do with it. I think that, that was one of the biggest things for you guys and um, that's sort of helped you along this journey to put you in the position that you are. And, um, but what I mostly like about these guys is they're so motivated and I hear from them at least once or twice a week, maybe three times from them. <laughs> Lazy old, you know, what do you think about this property or what do you think of this idea? You know, people need to sort of hear your journey and when they do, they will think to themselves, Oh, hang on. Well, um, I'm really, really, um, thinking about what these guys are saying and it's fantastic and this can be doable especially um you know because we're in Auckland it's a whole different kettle of fish here and and the regions um in terms of um investing and yield is, is a whole different ball game so I think it's fantastic lower price points um it, it's it's slightly easier to enter the market we now have at present current lines of value ratio rules um uh restrictions dropping back a bit um so younger people Definitely, if they can't buy in the, the current city or there's no emotional ties to what they're buying to, to look elsewhere and do what you guys have done as well. Gisborne would have changed a lot. I mean, even from Boston. Yeah, it's a crazy. I just, but that's New Zealand in general, right? So um, it's interesting. It's really interesting times. Oh, absolutely. Is there anything that, from your point of view, Gordon, that you'd do different with Kyle and Renal? Um, I don't think so. No. Maybe reply to a few emails a bit quicker. Or, uh, <laughs> Before we change our mind. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. No, absolutely. Just, just keep doing what you're doing, and obviously you, you, you're here to the ground, and you know what's going on out there. Um, but 
you know, what I would ask you guys is what sort of advice would you give to someone who is maybe looking to, you know, get on the ladder or is Aaron and Amin about, you know, outside noise in terms of, oh, shall we wait? Shall we not? What should we do? What sort of advice would you give to people out there? Don't wait. <laughs> don't, like, don't, if you're waiting for house prices to fall or um, to come down, yeah, no, don't wait. Buy something now. <laughs> yeah, as, as cliche as it sounds, it's, it's not time in the market, it is time in the market. And everyone will say, man, I wish I bought uh, some more properties 10 years ago. Like they say now, I wish I bought them 10 years ago. It's the same thing. And then these, you know, these property cycles, they go up and down. And we're in a bit of a predicament at the moment. But as long as you... Um, Set yourself up that you can ride those highs and lows, and you don't get caught up with having to sell when it's a low or, or something like that. Because you've so you you know put your yourself so much in debt to keep it going, then it's and that's where you guys <coughs> come in because you're that uh, you remove that emotional side of it and actually make sure that we have the readies to fund what we want to do. Mm. Emotional the emotions can play a big part in buying and actually can turn people the wrong way and make bad decisions. We see all the time. So yeah. investing in properties is it's numbers and, and strategy is key. Like understanding what your exit is, knowing what you're going into, uh, and the whys with it. And I suppose on that, with interest rates being so low at the moment and potentially going lower and staying like this for a very long time, I think we're going to see more people like yourself. Um, really try and make a go out of it and sort of build up portfolios and sell them off as they go and and that's how they all get up or end up with their dream home long term is from the capital gains and paying down debt over time to get them what they want to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Guys, is there anything um, before sort of um, we round out, is there um, any platforms that people can follow your journey on and um, or watch what you're doing? Because I think it's fantastic uh, what you guys do. Oh, my one is Instagram. Yeah, what's yeah. your name? The Journey of Cairo. The Journey of Cairo. Yeah. Okay. On Instagram, I, for all the listeners, I seriously recommend you jump on and follow them because um, this is two down to earth Kiwis who, uh, who love what they're doing and, and um, I suppose documenting along the way. And it's great to learn yeah. from all walks of life, all different people. What would you say, Don? I agree. 100%. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Kyle and Ronell for joining us. And before we go, yeah. so you want to um, anything you guys want to say to the listeners before we sort of finish off? Um, no, I think that anyone that's sort of um, guessing or thinking about getting into it, to actually just contact you guys or or a broker of their choice and actually have a um, have a chat and see what you know have their, their situation assessed and see what is actually possible because sometimes you know things happen that you didn't think you could do that all of a sudden becomes doable and I mean it's, it's happened for us and it's continuing to happen as we're working with you now and behind the scenes for another one hopefully hopefully soon <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't, don't be afraid to ask questions like that's why I like dealing with you guys because I like yeah you know, like you make me feel like you know the questions that I ask like like I never feel dumb. <laughs> like I can ask you anything. <laughs> fantastic. Cool. Well, um, on behalf of me and Kane, thanks very much for taking the time and sharing your story with us. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Awesome. Yeah, thank, uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. We'll catch up soon. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on this episode and hundreds more, you can visit at Beyond the Field Podcast on all social platforms. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Congratulations on equipping yourself with the most powerful tool that is knowledge. Until next time.